resiliency is a muscle that needs to be trained and that's what breakups are. And I've run a few marathons. Welcome to Reclaim Your Radiance, a sex, love, and relationship podcast where our focus is on your most important relationship, the one with yourself. Each episode, we are joined by an insightful guest who shares their story about how they've become their best, most radiant selves, despite diverse challenges. We dive into the depths of loving yourself, creating healthy relationships, and prioritizing pleasure, play, and joy, all while never shying away from the tough stuff. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to episode two of season two of Reclaim Your Radiance. I'm your host, Chris Hall, a sex, love, and relationship coach, and this week we are joined by Danny Benson. She is a breakup guru, a self-proclaimed lover of breakups, and she is here to share her wisdom and experience on the topic. She shares why she congratulates absolutely everyone on their breakups and what her number one coping and healing strategy is post-breakup, and a couple tips and tricks on how to harness that beautiful growth and transformation that is possible after a split. You can find her blog on this and similar topics in the episode description. You'll also be hearing a couple of personal stories from my most recent breakup with my latest partner mixed in as this interview came out at a very timely moment for me, which was the beginning of August and uh, was produced later in October. And so, yeah, this is when I needed that advice and support most. It was a absolutely perfect coincidence. So for those of you listeners who may be a little confused on timelines, that's why. So with that being said, this is a super special and important conversation to have, and I can't wait for you to be a part of it. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. This is so timely for me. I'm so excited to get into this. Like right after my partner of two years moves out, all of a sudden we're going to talk about breakups. That's the best way to do it. And congratulations. And this is my favorite topic and I love it. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I am incredibly good at breakups. So um, I love that. I love that credential. Yeah. Yeah. I am great at breakups. I think that resiliency is a muscle that needs to be trained and that's what breakups are. And I've run a few marathons, so I'm here for you and we're going to do it. I love that. I almost feel it's like, okay, this is my free therapy time. Like you're just going to help yes. me through this breakup. Yeah, absolutely. Oh <laughs> okay. So first thing you tell anybody who's going through a breakup. Ooh, the first thing I always say is congratulations. And, but what if it's a bad um, It's never a bad thing. And like yeah, it is never a bad thing. And I really truly believe one of my mantras and like one thing that I learned in one of my many breakup healings is what's meant for you will not pass you by. And I think if you keep repeating that to yourself, then you know, it's always a congratulations because whether this relationship or this person comes back around for a new relationship, although you should never hold on to that, or it's another relationship, I think like just knowing that what's meant for you will not pass you by is so, so comforting. And the more you tell yourself that, the more you can believe it. And so I really do think so many transformative things happen out of our rock bottoms, out of 
grieving, out of reevaluating our lives. And all of those things happen in the midst of a breakup. Absolutely. So what would you say to somebody who has like, doesn't really buy into that philosophy and maybe their argument is like, but does that mean I should just sit back and relax and just like things will find me? What would you say to that? No, (laughs) no, but what's meant to find you will not pass you by. I think the number one thing that I, okay. So I have a few things that I definitely tell people in the beginning of breakups and there's three main things that I think help help have always helped me the most. And I use them in healing for other elements of my life as well. I do think that we have this concept of time and we're like, Oh, time is going to heal it. And one thing I hate about breakups is that as soon as you go through one, everyone comes out of the woodwork with every cliche ever written for any breakup, for any relationship. And you're just like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, oh, you're going to be better off. I know I'm going to be better off. Or, oh, you're going to get through this. Of course I'm going to get through this. What other choice do I have? Like, I'm not going to just fall in a ditch. Yeah. Like, I will be okay because, of course, I'll be okay. There's no other option. Like, yeah. I, I have to be okay. And so, um, I, yeah. So I hate when people are like, Oh, like, you know, all you need to do is to get over someone is get under someone else. Well, like not really true because have you ever gotten under someone else when you're not over the first person you cry and it's very embarrassing and it's very awful and you do not feel better. It is like a sex hangover and you had 72 shots of tequila and like, it sucks nobody wants to be under anyone and no one wants to be on top of someone trying to get over someone. So it's like, <laughs> I hate so many, that. So many metaphors with sex. <laughs> like it, yeah. you could be on top. You just can't be on bottom, but you could do <laughs> yeah, no. shots and go on bottom and then you won't throw up because you won't be on top. Yeah. And then if you put your legs up, the tequila won't hit. And like, <laughs> I think like the first 48 hours, I always say to people and you're kind of, I guess, almost over it, but the first 48 hours, clear your social calendar, take two days off work, do whatever, like just do whatever you need to do in those moments. Don't, I don't care if you brush your teeth. I don't care if you don't get out of bed. I don't care if you reread every single text that he has ever, or she has ever sent you. I, you do whatever you need to do. Those are your 48 hours because if you broke your leg for the first 48 hours, you wouldn't expect anything of you. No one would expect anything of you just take it, but put like a timer on it and like, okay. And then on day three, you need to spend an hour that you do something else or think of something else. But like your first moments, like you get that, you get that time. And I think the one, I don't think we give enough compassion to people going through breakups. And when you think of a breakup, you know, there's a few things in being a human that are our hardest things to go through. And one of them is like grief, addiction. There's a third and I can't remember it, but I read it somewhere. And like, you're going through all three of them during a breakup and yet no one has compassion for you. And you're like, the addiction is real though. The addiction. I felt that hard this time. There was like this, like, why do I still want this person in my life? And like, I just feel weird because all these things aren't there anymore, even though none of them were healthy. There's a dopamine reaction with 
attention and affection and feeling loved and accepted and wanted that is the equivalent of a drug addiction. And if you went to some, and this is what bugs me about how friends treat us in breakups as well, or our other loved ones that are trying to be supportive is like, Oh, don't worry. Like there's, there's plenty of fish in the sea. He just wasn't the one. Like if I came to you and I said, Oh, Hey, you know what? I kicked my heroin had a heroin addiction. No one's going to say to you, Oh, you know what? There's cocaine in the other corner or like there's marijuana in that sea. Like, no, no. So the, so for someone to say that to you when you're going through breakup, it's like, I don't care if there's cocaine in the other room. I want heroin right now. Yeah. And so our, and our, our mind and our body, like they're, we're going through all the physiological withdrawal symptoms and we have to allow it and we have to like go through it. And the only way to heal is to go through it. Like there's no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts with breakups. There are no shortcuts with healing. And I think it, you can, you, you see people who ha- are two years later and 10 other relationships or situationships later that are still grieving that first breakup from two years ago. And so you, you have to, time gives us the ability to heal, but it doesn't do the healing for us. I like that. Not like relying on time as the thing that's going to heal you being like, it'll just happen. Like, nah, you got to put in the work. You got to actually do something about it. So I guess there's that. What's, what's after day two, after you get your time to just be (laughs) a mess, which like, yes, I was a mess. I was crying. Like, to be fair though, the 48 hours wasn't my 48 hours after this was like the, the day of helping him move out. And then the day, yeah, the day of packing. And then the day of helping him move out two days in a row of just like, just like roller coaster of just like insane grief coursing through my body where like, I just couldn't handle my own emotions. And I haven't felt that way in a long time. It's the finality of it. It's, you know, you can tell yourself that it's done and it's over, but it's that like seeing their stuff no longer there, helping them move out. I think, you know, you get your, you get your two days and then you tell yourself, okay, now, now we're doing the work. And my number one favorite best thing that I've ever done in a breakup. And I've now done it for other elements of healing or told people to do it with other things that they're going through in grief is get out a piece of paper. And at the top you write, it has been blank days since we broke up and I feel blank and you do it for a hundred days. And yes. And it is, I learned this trick with one of my most significant breakups, which I also lived with the person, um, which are the hardest breakups to go through. Um, they suck. And I've brought that into other breakups where I haven't had to do it for as long, or I've brought it into other things that I've gone through. And the reason that it works so well is that your healing journey is not going to be linear. And on those days where you feel like you've taken 20 steps back when the day before you thought you were 10 steps ahead, those kill. And those like make you feel like you're not getting anywhere. And to have this to track back, you get to see that you took 20 steps forward and only 10 steps back. And it's really, really helpful. And it also makes you see that there are some mornings where you do wake up okay 
Whereas sometimes in the midst of it, you feel like you haven't had a morning that you woke up. Okay. When I went through that breakup, I am not even kidding. I think I cried every single day for three months and I, I jotted it down on my hundred day element. And you know, what's crazy about it all is that like, I never wanted him back or thought he was my person or, you know, I was very happy for us to be broken up because I knew he wasn't the one I didn't want to be with him. So it's more the stories around the breakup that like really hurt us of like the plans we had and the life we, you know, you're, you're not just like grieving that this person's no longer going to be in your life in this capacity, but you're also grieving the fact that the story you thought you two were going to have doesn't exist anymore. That life is also gone. And so you're grieving those two things yeah. while and, going through withdrawal. <laughs> and like you lost your best friend and yeah. And you lost those dreams. It's, it's that like shared dream that like you now have to let go of. Absolutely. And society is not kind to single people to, I, and no one's calling in a boss saying, Hey, gotten this breakup the same way you're calling into a boss. Like, Hey, I got in an accident. And they're like, take the time you need. Or like, Hey, I got COVID. I broke a leg, I, whatever. And well, that's yet, why you don't give the specifics on why you're sick. You're just sick. <laughs> yeah. Right? You're just like, sick. I feel incapable of working today. I feel very ill. And that's that could allowed. mean that you just broke up with somebody and you need a day, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And I'm, the, yeah. So my number one thing would be the, it's been this many days and I feel blank. I love that one. There's a whole slew of other things. I got upset and I'm so embarrassed to tell people about this, but also I'm like, you know what? It worked. I became obsessed with this app for breakups. And here I was this, like, it was a few years ago, almost four years ago, I think. Um, and I'm like in my early thirties and I'm following this app for breakups. And it, I, I even, you know, I did the two week subscription, uh, or pre, um, it's called preview. No, when you get two two weeks free. Um, so I have a bit of COVID brain right now. I'm just getting over being sick. So, um, some words are lost on me, but, um, yeah, so I, and then I, and then I signed up. I was like, oh yeah, I'll pay the money. You're working. I love you. I we're great. And it, she would give these little tidbits and then you would jot down like how many days it's been, you know, it would calculate how many days it's been since you spoke and it would have these like little journal prompts. And I just, I don't know. I loved it. And then in this most recent breakup I went through about uh, seven months ago and in that I became obsessed with this podcast. And sometimes it's just feeling like you have this friend on the other end that just really gets you and that you're not bothering. Cause I think we get into that. We call like we've, you know, our handful of friends that we call and we're like, I can't, you're on day 34, let's say. And you're like, I can't keep calling and complaining about this. You can, most people don't care. And if you don't have someone to call, to you and your listeners, you can all call me because I love breakups. But yeah, I don't know. You just, you find that whatever thing it is and you just hook onto it and you allow yourself to, as silly as it sounds, as, as you're like, Oh, this person running this app is my best friend and just let her be your best friend or him or them or whoever you choose in this that does, isn't really a part of your life, but is, 
and just let them be your best friend and don't feel any shame in it. Yeah. I like that. I mean, that's kind of what, that's the brilliance of podcasts, right? Is that like, it can feel like this is your best friend talking in your ear and like, just, just take keeping you company. I find both voice notes are also my new favorite thing. Uh, basically the same as podcasts, but just like shorter and from your best friends. And like, I actually found myself like, so I also, I pre-scheduled like two friends to come over after the move was going to be done. Cause I knew I would feel Perfect. like absolute shit. Right. I was like, okay, can you guys just come over? Like, I'm going to be a mess. And like, honestly, we lit candles, we burned some sage and like kind of refreshed the house. <laughs> and then they just like held me and just sat there with me while we just like, just, we said nothing for like an hour and they just held me. And then like one of them stayed and like stroked my face until I was asleep. It was the most beautiful thing they could have ever given. It was just amazing. But that I would definitely recommend as well. It's like, if you know, it's, I mean, it's hard to know, but like, at least with this, it was, there's a move out date. And I knew that night would feel like shit. And oh yeah. And then like when he left, like the moment he actually left, I like, I like could not handle it. And so I just sent like voice notes and I found by like the third voice note, I wasn't crying anymore. I was just being like, Hey, (laughs) good news. Can you just like, tell me everything's going to be okay that's all I need. Like, please just help, help. Yeah. People step up in ways that you don't expect from people that you don't expect it from. I remember when me and my ex broke up and then I went, I'm from Toronto. So I went home to Toronto and was with my family and then came back six weeks later. It was over Christmas and New Year's. I seem to like go through breakups during Christmas and New Year's. I do not recommend it. Like I know that there's never a good time for a breakup, but I can tell you there's also really bad times and that's one of them. And it's just kind of what happened, but uh, twice now, but I remember I went home and I knew coming back into our apartment, he wasn't going to be there. Although we were still on the lease together and then he would never return uh, in the same time as me. Um, But I knew it was going to be a really hard night and I set myself up with a friend to come stay with me that night and pick me up from the airport and come stay with me. And it was an offer from a friend and something I kind of didn't think about and like, but kind of did. And just was like, I don't know if I need someone to sleep there. Oh, maybe I do. And just the person who stepped up wasn't a, you know, now she's one of my best friends, but at the time we'd only known each other uh, maybe six months and just the way she was really there for me. And she had stepped up and I had when I was going to have to pack up our apartment because God forbid he helped with anything. Um, I had hey. another friend. <laughs> Zing. Um, I had, I'm not bitter at all. Um, I had another friend who lives about two, three hours away. And she had been, she was like, I want to come visit you. And I was like, don't come the weekend. I'm moving like that's silly. And she's like, no, no, I should just come that weekend. And I kept trying to tell her it's not going to be fun. And it was like, she knew that she needed to be there. And that I needed someone there when I didn't know that because she, I was a crying mess on the kitchen floor and she just was taking things out of cabinets being like packing or his or what. And like, and so yeah, people, people have been through this and people know. And so to lean on that support and to take the help that's offered and feel like you're not a burden. Cause I hate asking for help, but sometimes we need help. We're humans. Like we all need Absolutely. help sometimes. Yeah. No, you take, took the word straight out of my mouth to like accept the help. 
especially like accept just, the help. Accept the help. Do you see a lot of parallels between breakups? But then, so there's okay. There's also friend breakups to like mention, mm. honorary mention, because people never give them as much weight as they should, and they are sometimes worse then just because like everybody gives you that respect when it's like oh I broke up with my partner like oh yeah okay like that's so horrible and like you know but friend breakups people don't respect them and people don't look yeah. at it and go oh my god I'm so sorry you lost your best friend of 10 years and like you oh god it's just devastating I think all of the tips and all of the steps and all of it can go with friend breakups as well and I also want to give a little bit of like spotlight or <laughs> some attention to being ghosted to situationships to all of it because it's all doing the same thing to us physiologically and that rejection that sting that story we talk about that you have I mean the story you tell yourself the story that's no longer there the story that's no longer your life with that person and that goes for all of those things you know you can say, oh, it's really crappy that I thought I was going to be with this person forever on a romantic level. And then you can say about a friend, I thought they were going to be making a speech at my wedding. And they're never not they're now not going to be part of that experience with me. And I thought they were going to be my ride or die. I thought they were going to be here forever. And I think we don't give enough credit to the lesser re romantic relationships as well. Like even when it's only been... 10 to 12 dates or if it's only been one month like who's to say how that hits us I have I have people that you know it hasn't worked out with that I can say I liked or borderline loved within six to eight weeks or more than people that I, I spent months with because you don't know how long you're spending time with them or how often you see them like there's so many elements when it hits the heart, like there's no rules. And I think, you know, we don't control it. We don't control where that emotion comes from and to shame ourselves on top of everything else that's going on. Um, and then to have our friends say things like, oh, he, you know, wasn't around that long or did you really even like it or any of that? It doesn't matter because you're just, you're going through what you're going through. Right. It's not helpful. Or like, oh, it's fine. It's only been six months or like, oh, this or oh, that, like, no, dude, a breakup's a breakup. And like, but then, I mean, I will say though, that I think there's just that extra level. You mentioned this earlier, but there is an extra level when you live with them, right? Like that. Oh, absolutely. It's different. And th there is different levels to it, but every single level of breakup should be respected and honored. And those feelings should be dealt with in the way that they need to be. To and you, like to, to you. the person going through them, like we said, with the whole healing process and allowing yourself that time to heal, what you do when you say to yourself, I've been through a breakup of someone I lived with for two years. I've only been dating this guy for six weeks. You're not allowed to feel this way. You don't need to heal in the same way. Is your healing going to take less time? Absolutely. But you're doing yourself a disservice and your next relationship a disservice if you don't allow yourself those feelings and they're going to come up eventually. So what would you say to, because like, you know, the healing's going to take as long as it's going to take. You need to be patient with it. You need to like do the work, but give it the time it needs. So what happens if you meet your next big 
whoosh of emotion, that person or that thing or whatever it is, and you haven't finished healing the one before, do you think it's always going to be detrimental? Or do you think there's a way to separate those two and to heal while at the same time building something new? Okay. I think I've recently changed my opinion on this. Love it. Let's hear um, it. I think you need to be honest with yourself where you are with your healing. And if the reasons that you are seeking this next whoosh, as you call it, out are from a healed perspective, and that doesn't mean that you're completely over your ex or whatever's happened to you, but you're not filling that void that person left and you're not creating a trauma bond and you're not love bombing and you're not allowing yourself to be love bombed. And so I think if you can get all that through, I don't think that we get over somebody really quickly. And so, yeah, if it's in the first few weeks and you were devastated from the breakup and you think that you've met the person that's going to now be the one, why not take it slow? They're going to be around forever. What are you rushing it for? So I can wait a moment. Yeah. I don't think you need to like rush into it, but there's the, you know, there's the things where we know ourselves, we know where we need to heal. And if we allow someone to come in too much too soon, again, we're doing ourselves a disservice. And I think, some of the things to kind of ask yourself is how much am I comparing this person to my ex? How much am I comparing our situation to my ex? And this is not to say that you shouldn't compare a little bit because you're going to, but compare in a way that you need to be in a place with your breakup where you can sit down and say, these are the elements I loved about our relationship. And I love that this person brought to the table to create those things I love in a relationship. I want to find those again. These are the things I don't like about what happened in the relationship. I don't like who I was because these elements existed in the relationship. I don't want that to happen again. These are the things that did not exist in that past relationship that I have learned I need in a relationship. And I will now be looking for those moving forward. And if you can have your three things, and then when this new whoosh comes along, you can see it. And you can like really identify that they're not just filling that void because they're adding the elements you didn't get last time. And in those ways, you are allowed to compare because that's constructive comparisons. It's not my ex did this. He doesn't do this. That's missing your ex and wanting someone else to do it. And of course we all miss our ex. And of course we all want someone else to fill that void because breakups suck and they're hard, but they're amazing. Yeah. That's solid advice. That is just perfectly said. <laughs> no, I'm sitting here being like, thank God this conversation is having right now. I needed this so badly. And like, it's so affirming right now. <laughs> so thank you. It and none of you're welcome. And all of this stuff, when I say I love breakups so much, I also, you know, I go on dates and I ask people about their breakups. I'm like, tell me about your breakup. Tell me about your most significant breakup. You learn so much about a person and so much about how they see the world when you sit and you talk about a breakup from 
a perspective like we're doing now, not from a, how do you feel about your ex? No one likes their ex. They're their ex. Um, I think it's still important to say like, because you can get some of the same information from a conversation about somebody's ex of like, what are your opinions towards them? Like, because if they're like, I hate them, it's like, okay, that's a red flag to me, right? <laughs> yeah, like, you're not over it. <laughs> well, like not even just because hate is not the opposite of love. Like indifference is the opposite of love. So if you can sit there Absolutely. and be like, eh, you know, they're living their life. I'm living mine. We had these things happen. It's okay now. I understand them. I have compassion for them. Like all those things, all green lights to me. But if they're like, I hate this person and they suck and they ruined my life. And it's like, oh, I'm going to stay so far away because like, that is there something happening there that's not healed or they're just like, I don't know. I just don't understand how you can be with somebody for a period of time and be that close and develop that kind of close relationship without having like a really solid amount of compassion or empathy for them. Right. Like if you really knew them and you really took the time to know them, you should be able to look at them and like, yeah, just kind of understand where they're coming from. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) No, I do believe that if you hate someone, it's emotion. It's something built up in you. You do need to feel indifferent about your exes. I think it's, you know, when you're fully over someone and friend, friend breakups as well. If you end up, you see them in a room or you pass by their name or someone brings them up and you don't get that heart sink feeling like that feeling when your heart just sinks into your stomach, when you don't get that from that person, that's when I believe like you're just so fully over them. But I don't, I think I heard this quote once from Roxanne Gay and she said, I'm not going to get the quote perfectly right, but I will paraphrase that our society today bows at the altar of forgiveness. And she doesn't believe in that. You don't have to always forgive, but you do have to accept. So it's really hard to, and I really believe in that because It's hard to forgive people that haven't apologized, but if you forgive that it happened to you and that it's part of your story, that's the acceptance level. And so you don't have to like your exes. I don't like my exes. I don't hate them. I see very broken people in them and I see a very broken girl within myself of my past, you know, who I was that was had bits of broken in her too. And that's why those relationships worked in those moments. And I spoke with this about this with a friend recently. And I was like, you know, am I a horrible person that like part of me doesn't want them to heal (laughs) because if they heal, then that means someone else gets a better version of them that they couldn't be for me. And that still hurts. And that will probably always hurt. And maybe that's just, me and maybe I have more healing to do but like I wouldn't take any of my exes back I don't wish horrible things on them I want them to heal because I want them I want the world to heal I want everyone to heal I want the world to be a better place but I also kind of like heal and then like live in a ditch alone because it's hard it's hard to think you're gonna you couldn't heal for me but you can heal for someone else well but I mean I I love how like honest you're being about that shadow like I (laughs) it's it's awesome because yes we've all had that thought before we're like why couldn't they be this for me but like think of the person that's going to be ready for you like they have had to do that with multiple people so we all have had to do that for each other to all make it so that we've all got that 
you know, whatever timing you want to call it, divine timing or anything else, where it's like you meet the right person at the right time who's done the right healing to get you there. So like, if you think about it, we're all just helping each other out. And so, yeah. Right. And so the only time that doesn't work out is when like you meet somebody who's never had an ex, which in itself is kind of just a red flag, right? Like, I'm sorry, you've never done this before. Like, I can't do this. I've been through five relationships at this point. You got to have had at least one significant one. My other comment is the whole forgiveness piece. I would say forgiveness. I've like, it comes from you, right? And it's for you. That's what I meant to say that forgiveness is for you. And so where you have it that like you forgive yourself for being the person who was with them. I think that is forgiveness, right? Because you, you don't need to forgive somebody else and it's not for them. Like they're never going to be like, Oh, thanks for the forgiveness. No, it's, you got to forgive yourself. And that's really where that ends. Yeah. I'm not waiting for apologies, but there's some exes that if you called me and apologized, I'd be like, you know what? Good on you. You've thank you. You've now healed. You can go be in a ditch alone because you're not going to be healed for someone else. No, I'm kidding. I know it sucks, but like, but also, right. Yeah. You got to be like, please do heal so you can do this. But also like, isn't it worse to think of the possibility that they would just go and have the exact same cycle with somebody else that they would just go and hurt somebody else in the exact same way. Right. Don't you hope they heal from it and just don't do it to somebody else. I said that to my one ex because while I was in Toronto for six weeks healing, he got into a full-fledged relationship, which was a big part of our breakup and a big part of the healing and what made things really difficult because I really did believe, and that was maybe a little bit of a naive person believing that, but I did believe that we had a perfect breakup plan. We all believe we have a perfect breakup plan. Nothing goes as planned. Yeah. And I, I remember saying to him, I came in pretty early in his healing from his last relationship, but some of the timelines I was told were a little bit different. So I didn't know how big of a pattern this was for him until after me, I saw it um, sped up. And I said to him, I'm like, stop doing this. Like, don't hurt another person. Don't do this again. And I was so firm on that because I really didn't want him and I didn't want him back. And I knew the girl that he ended up with, or I know her, she's still, she's still alive as far as I know. Um, They are not together, which I recently found out. And what made me happy about them not being together anymore was that I know in my heart of hearts that she now feels bad to me for what she did, or I really do truly believe that because I know how I felt towards his ex before me. And I journaled so much about it. And I was like, oh, girl, I get you. Oh, oh, shit. Like, how did I fall for this? And I, and so I'm happy that she's the person after me, I'm happy she's out of that relationship because she doesn't deserve that. And nobody can heal in three weeks. Nobody. Not when, as soon as me and him broke up, he's now dealing with the breakup before me. And so now today, or whenever him and this, the girl after me broke up, he's dealing with three breakups because that's what our brain does. It compartmentalizes, right? And so every time you break up with someone, 
you're, you start thinking about every other breakup you've had. That's what our brain does. It compartmentalizes that thing. And so if you get with someone too early or they get with you too early or whatever, like you're with them while they're bringing along all of that baggage and like baggage is okay to come along. We are in our thirties baggage is coming, but I want that baggage to be packed. I don't want underwear and toothpaste spilling out of it. I want everything in its little place. You have dealt with it. Favorite quote for this is you can have baggage. You just have to know what's in your suitcase. Yes. Yes. And, and, and it has to be packed nicely. Yes. Yeah. It's arranged because you thought about it and you know where it all goes. Yeah. You can pick it up. You can like open it and show it somebody and be like, look at all my nicely like arranged shirts. And this is what each of them is. And zip it up. I'm going to throw it in the closet and we're going to have this like. I'm on a seven day vacation and there are only seven outfits in here. That's the baggage I want. I don't want any excess. Yes. I remember, I will say when I ran into my ex and his new partner on St. Patty's day in the afternoon. And I, it was St. Patty's day. I had had a few, a lot of drinks. I don't drink anymore, but I had had drinks and I remember I saw them out and I went up to her and (laughs) I told her everything I had to say. And that wasn't, I can't believe you're with him or any of that. That was, uh, and I knew, I remember exactly, I have a great memory and I remember exactly what I said. And I said to her, you're beautiful. You're young. You're funny. You're smart. I don't know what you're doing with him. Like he is not, he is not healed. He is not in a good place. Like, why do you even want that? Like, and I had been complimenting her and just almost of this like older sister trying to warn someone like, get out, like, don't do this. Everything he did to me, he is going to do to you. And I just, I felt that for her. And I just like, I really, I really, truly, you're right. Like I did want him to heal and you want them to heal and then not think about who they're going to end up with. But um, when it's in your face, it's a little difficult. So, and, and he, he was standing right there and I was talking for a really long time to the point that like I had friends on the other side of the bar that were watching and they're like, ah, do we go over there? Like, are things okay? Are they escalating? I'm not a feisty person. I am not going to, I'm not going to punch you. I'm not going to like get any, but I, yeah, I was so sad for her. Like I, I just didn't want that for her. And he was just standing here, there listening to the whole thing. And her friend was next to her and said, okay, like Danny, like enough, like it's good. And then I said, I'm like, he's right here. And he, even he's not standing up for you. Your friend has to do it for him. Like, do you really want to be with that? And I was so fired up. And then I was like, you're right. And then he finally said, come on, like, get out of here. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Like, I've said what I need to say. I'm leaving. And is it my proudest moment? No. Would I do it again? I don't know. Probably not. Although if you put me back there, probably. I mean, the thing is, it's it's so well-intentioned. But the thing is, the likelihood that she will be able to actually internalize and like actually take that lesson from you is very unlikely because it all depends on who's saying it. And when it's the ex saying it, you're going to be like, Oh my God. Right. Like, unfortunately, like she needed to hear that from a different source, but the point of your ex not standing up for his new partner is concerning. 
Yeah. And I hope that now that they're broken up and she's done her portion of healing that she might think back and say, you know what? She was on to something. You never um, know. Somebody always you really calls it know. at some point and it like, you can feel it like strike you. Like, do you ever think back to the first red flag you felt that you ignored? Oh right? my God. Right. Like I've started making a list of like all the red flags and being like, these are all the times I should have known. But like, I also knew that I wasn't ready. Like, like I even think back to my relationship with the least amount of trauma associated to it. Cause it's such a comfortable memory because it was two years long. And I'm, I mean, I think I broke his heart, but in the end, I just like, didn't love him anymore. wasn't right for me. And I left and I was completely fine. Like I've never been so okay, which isn't great for like his side of it. But like, yeah, I was completely fine. And I remember that there was a red flag trigger a year in, a year out of the two year. And I remember thinking, this isn't forever. And then I like made excuses, compartmentalize it, sealed it off and like tucked it away. And ultimately that was the thing that like came up and was like, yep, okay, we're done now. But I needed one more year with him. That time still needed to happen. And so I, yeah, I still think back and like, other relationships is harder and it's more convoluted, but it was like, that was the moment where I decided it wouldn't be forever, but that wasn't the moment I decided that I was completely done. Yeah. I went through that with the relationship that I recently, recently, we broke up seven months ago. If you do the math, yes, it was on Christmas and (laughs) it was, it was a, yeah, it was the same thing. It, It was like, I remember telling someone you know, yeah, we broke up. I'm devastated. Like I'm not doing okay. And, um, but he doesn't deserve me to not be okay. Like I deserve me to not be okay, but I need to get through this as quick as possible. Um, and I went into like a breakup boot camp with myself. And I remember like friends saying like, but you, you didn't even like him that much. And I'm like, what do you mean? Or they'd be like, and he was kind of mean to you. And I'm like, no, he wasn't mean. And I was still, we were broken up and I'm still making up these excuses. And they're like, well, remember when he said this and this and this, or this happened. And I remember all of the things that he said to me in the breakup day and in the breakup moment um, that were really mean and, and nasty and uncalled for and didn't need to be there. But there were so many of those that happened through the relationship that you just make excuse after excuse after excuse for. And so much of that is codependency and attachment style. And you'll find like when you look through your relationships and you start to see those patterns, you do start to see that you grow a little bit. And so I do see how in this past relationship, uh, you know, my most recent relationship, that those red flags came up and I vocalized them and I brought it to the conversation in the relationship. And next time, the hope is I'll take the next step and I'll be able to walk away or I'll be able to be like, okay, if I don't see change from that, I can walk away. Like that's the step I didn't get to. But the fact that this time I vocalized it right away, or this time I said, we need to work on this right away, or I'm not standing for it anymore. Like that's a little bit of progress. So as much as you see those red flags in the beginning, it's like how you react to them because red flags could become orange flags. I mean, like they can go away and we need to, we need to give people an opportunity to change because 
we're two new people in a new relationship. And so we owe it to ourselves and to that relationship and that love to let the person change or give them the opportunity and space to change without nagging them. And so I, I think when we see those red flags, like I think it's how we act on them. That's more important of whether they're there or not. And unless obviously abuse or in that realm, if you're in danger, absolutely not. This is not that type of advice, but, um, and not like, We've probably seen the red flags in other relationships and let them fly the whole way through in a different way. And so like, let's recognize and celebrate some of our progress as opposed to come down on ourselves that we noticed these years ago and we still stayed in it because you had reasons to stay in that relationship. Even if they weren't the right reasons, you were doing the best you could with what you were working with at the time. And we have to allow ourselves that grace. Absolutely. So let's go back to relationship boot camp then. Let's go back to or breakup boot camp. Breakup boot camp. Breakup boot camp. So we've gone through two days of grief and we've just done whatever we need to do. And then we've taken the you said the third day we take like one hour to ourselves. And you know, I'm guessing that like tumbles into more and more time for yourself. You can write out different journal prompts and keep like a diary of how you feel to make sure you're tracking your progress. What are some other good relationship breakup tools okay so one of my favorite ever tools and it sounds so petty you're allowed to do it in the first 48 hours in fact you should do it in the first 48 hours before the thoughts start to creep in about how they're the best person on earth um and this works when you get dumped or blindsided I got completely blindsided in my breakup even though apparently I didn't like him that much or we before the breakup, I was saying that I was going to break up with him anyway soon, but needed him around whatever. But I'm not going to lie. I think he blindsided himself in our breakup, which is a whole other thing. So one of the things I did is I took a piece of paper and I wrote everything that I hated about him. And you get to be so fucking petty if you don't like the way Okay, this guy is going to give him away, but he used to type <laughs> when he texted instead of saying you writing you, Y-O-U or the letter U, which also annoys me. Oh, yeah. here's a here's a whole new one that I don't know if it's what the kids are doing these days. Like he was younger than me, but he spelt it out Y-U and it and in his defense, he's like, yeah, it's like saying yeah. And I'm like, well, you should yeah. never say yeah to me either. <laughs> but I hated, I hated this about him. Is this something that you don't give someone a date for or you don't keep seeing them for? No. Is it something that in a breakup you get to get excited about never seeing come across the text on your phone again? Absolutely. Put it on the list. You put everything on that list. So, you know, from we don't want the same things or I don't like that he may or may have not have voted for <laughs> conservatives. Um, you can put that on the list right up into how he texts certain things, how everything, everything goes on this list. And you, you're going to think that this full piece of paper won't get filled. You're going to be like, Oh, I should take, you know, write big, or I should take up more lines or do a double space. Oh no, you are going to fill in 
every damn margin because every day new things are going to pop in your mind and you're going to write them down on the list. And you know what you do on the other side of that piece of paper? You write down two things for every one thing that you put that you hate about them. You put two things on the other side of the paper that you love about yourself. And you carry this list around with you everywhere. And you add to this list and you read this list and you go to bed thinking about this list and you let this list reground you into the fact that you are so worthy and they are not your person. And so that I loved doing. <laughs> my list is, <laughs> as you know, with uh, the text, my list is petty, but it's also not petty. And you get to be that opposite to yourself. So, you know, if you like the shape of your eyebrows, put that on your list of what you like about yourself. Like as much as you're being petty to the things you don't like about him, be really fun with the things you love about yourself. It doesn't have to be the big things in life of I'm ambitious. I'm funny. I, it can be, I love the three strands of hair behind my ear on my left side, put it on the list. Like girl, this is your list. You just, you do what you need to do with it. So that's an activity I really like. I think there's the regular self-soothing things. Um, I would say if you're stuck in that turmoil of crying, of thinking about them, is making yourself spend an hour not thinking about them. And if you go on the most mindful walk you've ever been on. I was, we were in a cold spell when this all happened um, in winter and it was minus I don't know, 20, 30 something. And I put on like seven layers of clothing and I took myself on the most mindful walk. I was like, cause I just had to keep my mind busy with something else. These were also the days between Christmas and new year's. Nothing's happening. The calendar was clear of work of commitments of everything. Cause they were supposed to be spent with him. And so I went on this walk and I just remember if you were listening to a podcast or you're listening to music, I don't actually recommend listening to music in the first few days, but that's another thing. Um, if you're as emotional as I am, you don't need the help of lyrics I, and music and sad things. I honestly felt that too. I was like, I yeah. either when I was helping pack slash move, I was either listening to absolutely nothing and just letting myself fall. Or I was like, there was split moments where I was like, I just need a fucking break. And I would like put in like the dumbest podcast or I would like watch yeah. a TV show for an hour. And I was just like, my mind is just not in my body. And I was like, okay, this is like calming. It doesn't like erase it, but it just stops it just for a fucking minute. Yeah. You need a break. You just need to stop your mind from thinking for a minute. So you get so mindful. So I remember I had an appointment um, at the hospital. That's a 50, uh, about a 15 minute walk away from me. And it's, I go for iron infusion. So I knew I also was going to be there for like half an hour to an hour. And I was like, I don't want to be there and be crying on this hospital bed. Like that's the last thing I need to be doing. So I was like, I'm just going to be mindful as fuck. And I walked, a gray car just drove by me. Like you talk to yourself, like you are a two year old, like green leaf. I walked over a stone. If you're listening to a podcast, you repeat every word that they say. And you, you just put yourself, it's so just being in that moment and being so mindful that you're, you don't have time to think your brain can't think of anything else because you're so focused on exactly what's happening in the moment. And just to give yourself that break from thinking and try and try to just do that kind of more and more. I'm trying to think of some other things I did. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, no contact rule. That's my number one thing. Absolutely. No contact, no contact, no social media, no checking in on them. Um, our brains have not evolved enough to know that seeing them in social media or on a screen or in a picture is different than the real thing. And when you go to those like withdrawal symptoms that you're going through and you're going to be going through for about a month, the way you would when you're coming off any drug, it's like, if you're going to quit drinking social media is taking a sip of wine instead of the whole glass, but you want the whole glass. So it's just, don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. And it's so hard, but you don't do it. Like the no contact rule is my favorite. I, I walked out on my ex. We were mid breakup conversation. And I was just like, I am done with this bullshit. I don't need to have this conversation anymore. And I had to go to the bathroom. So I just got up and went to the bathroom. And then I went to my room and then he left sometime in that and never even knocked on the door. Hey, I'm going to go now. Nothing just left. And we have not talked since. And that was seven wow. months ago. Yeah. So when I say I'm strict on the no contact rule, funnily enough, he texted me two days ago. So yeah, that was weird, but uh, <laughs> texted me and used my favorite little word there. So if he had any chance that I might be missing him, like he squashed it when he wrote why you. So, but I did not respond. Um, just if anyone's on the edge just, of their Just seat. for the record, for the record for me, <laughs> I didn't respond. No, I did not respond. I basked in the glory that he is thinking about me and that I'm probably the one that got away. So I'm just taking that note on it. Yeah, the no contact rule is so important and find yourself a friend that you can text what you would text him or them and just be like, hey, I'm going to use you as my person that I text. So when the funny thing happens, because you're going to have those like moments where you're like, oh, I watched our show. Did you know that this happened? You text that to a friend or you write it in your notes um, on your phone and you you let it out of you. You let yourself release it, but you do not contact them. And I think exes can be friends, but not in this, not at this point. Mm, yeah, I think so too. You need like a de-escalation period, even if the point is to de-escalate to get to a level of friendship. The The goal with my ex is to be like, he, he still calls us like family and stuff. Cause like, ultimately we don't have any anger or resentment. Like there is some, there's definitely some, but it all comes from like mostly our shared living situation and like other things that stemmed from that and other things that were so relationship based, not like person based. And so like, there is a very good chance that we'll be able to remain friends and be remain like supportive people in each other's lives. But yeah, he's very much like, yeah, we're, we're like family, right? Like, can we still be family and all this stuff? And I'm like, sure. But like, I'm not making any promises on how soon I'm going to contact you after this. Like you need to be like, I'm pretty sure you're going to step out. I'm going to ball my eyes out until like two hours after you leave. And then I'm going to be like, Oh, this actually feels really good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. Okay. Don't, no, no, no. Don't come back. No, no, no. We're not, we're not there. <laughs> and he's all like, no, yeah. next week. I'm like, no, I think that like, yeah, I think when exes become friends, you're, rebuild you need to rebuild the relationship from a friendship perspective 
and you need time to heal to do that. The, like it's too easy to fall right into everything that was if not enough time has gone by. Yeah, for sure. You can like keep up barriers though of like, yeah, like keep a cheat sheet of like all the things that you know are like complete no's for you. Like the biggest ticket items, like the whole hate, I, I hate all these things about you page is amazing, but just like write the top five things that you know that you will never stand for again, that will never be acceptable, that will always be the thing that keeps you apart and like hold that. And that's like your fucking shield. But that, that shield, that's like the later work like that. I mean, yes, you're going to put that in your list in the beginning and stuff, but that's the, those are the things that come with you to that other list that we talked about before that comes later in healing where these are things I'm never looking for again. I'm never going to stand for again. And as soon as I see them pop up as that red flag, I'm out. Like I, I don't want that. And that's where that really comes in. I don't know. I go through and sometimes I'm a little too harsh on, on this one, but in your first 48 hours, reread all the texts you want, look at all the photos you want. And then I went in and I deleted everything like this guy does not <laughs> exist anymore. Oh, you know what? My number one, uh, one of my number one you things. You have so also, many number ones. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I have three and I will re <laughs> I will reiterate them after. But one of the number one things I do as soon as the breakup happens and it really helps with the no contact rule, I go into my phone and I change their name because chances are you have them as some cutesy little name, even if you have them as their real name. And I change their name to don't do it. You deserve better. And that way, anytime that pops up, if they text you or you go to look for their name or you go to text them, it's that reminder of like, don't do it. Just don't do it. And you can even take it a step further and change their picture to poop. And I don't mean a cute emoji poop. Google pile of horse manure <laughs> and change their photo to that. You're not going to want to text someone when you see that image next to don't do it. You're just not. And it's going to be your reminder. And so that I think the funny part about that is I sent obviously a few friends, the screenshot, like, Oh, blah, 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 texted me. Isn't that weird? And sent them the screenshot and people were like, I love that his name is don't do it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, of course, of course his name is don't do it. It's the reminder. It's but then how to distinguish between all the X's. They all say, don't do it. Oh, honestly, some of them have little tweaks. So there's like, you deserve better. I mean, you can get mean with it. It's up to you. Um, this one was just don't do it. You deserve better. There's a fuck boy. There's he's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, come up with what you need. They all get their own last name. So there's like, <laughs> don't do it as the first name. And then there's don't do it. You deserve more. Don't do it. Fuck buddy. Don't fuck boy. Don't do it. Whatever. Like, yeah. Give them, give them their unique last name for the experience. And then eventually delete them. I mean, I'm a bit of a hoarder, technology hoarder. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of names on my phone that I should delete and not really exes, just like, yeah. And realistically, there's so much digital ways that they can reach out if they really need to. But yeah, no, those are, 
They're solid pieces of advice. I, I love, I love the energy that you put into it. I love the like, like, <laughs> Hey, you know what? Like you're the, you're the person who needs to have like a video that people just go to whenever they need like that reminder and energy to be like, girl, don't do it. Change it. Make it a piece <laughs> of shit. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, okay. So we are coming up on the, probably a little past an hour now. So um love to wrap up, but is I mean, thank you for all of your sage wisdom and your, <laughs> your hard-earned uh, wisdom. Um, and I'd love to, like, if there's, is there anything else that you'd like to say? Is there anything last piece that you'd like to give listeners? I would just say, remember that you've been through this before. You will get through it again. And there's, as much as you feel super alone, so many people have been through this possibly multiple times, but at least once and you're not alone and allow yourself to feel all the feelings and you, you'll get through this because you have no other choice. And if you listen to so many different podcasters or uh, creators or job, you know, people who are somewhere in their careers or going back to school or all these things, like so many people take their next big move in life out of a breakup. Like, oh, I went through a breakup and then I did this and this and this. And now look at me, I'm doing this. And that is so many people's story. It's part of my story from my original breakup, uh, first breakup I spoke about. And so, yeah, like so many big things are ahead of you. So congratulations. Congratulations. That's going to be the new name. <laughs> congratulations. You broke up. That's the new name of this, yes. this episode. <laughs> Okay, amazing. Um, and so if people are looking to find you, if people want to uh, follow your work, um, can you tell me a little bit about that and where they can go to do it? Yeah, so I currently have a blog that is on uh, Medium. So you can find that on Medium under Danny L. Benson. Um, and it's called Wine Wednesday, Wine with an H. And that's the same on Instagram. It's at wine.wednesday. Or my personal Instagram, which is at Original Benson. And those will all be in the show notes um, and all spelled out correctly for everyone. Thank you so much for being on today. It's been a pleasure. I'm excited to have you on again and to read through your blog and uh, to action some of these amazing breakup tips. Yeah, thank you so much. I was so excited to be here and I love talking about this topic um, and I would love to come back. It was a great time. And I wish you the best with your breakup and your healing. Thank you. And with that, we come to the end of this episode of Reclaim Your Radiance. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode and came away with some valuable insights, the absolute best way you can show your support and appreciation is by sharing it with your friends or on social media. Your support is absolutely invaluable. To connect, find us on Instagram at Hell of a Hall or on TikTok at Reclaim Your Radiance. Or you can sign up for our mailing list to receive bonus content and stay in touch with what's happening in the world of Reclaim Your Radiance, including local workshops, retreats, self-love courses, personal one-on-one coaching, and so much more. Head on over to the episode notes in the show description to find those links, and we hope to hear from you soon. All right, everyone. Until next time, stay radiant. Stay radiant.